opportunity to worship you. God, may the worship that you just heard just be a sweet, sweet sound to your ear, God. And Lord, today I'm so thankful we can just put aside everything that's gone on this past week. God, any trials we're going through, any valleys we're walking through, Lord, I, I just I pray that we can set those aside to receive the word that you have for us. And God, I pray that you be with each of the speakers this morning, God. Calm any nerves they may have, God. That's just the devil trying to defeat them, to tell them they don't need to say what you've laid upon their hearts. And God, we thank you for that, and we praise you for this group. We praise you for this church. Lord, let your spirit continue to flow freely. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Oh, hey, what's up? Oh, I dropped it. <laughs> Oops. Well, I guess you're wondering what it is. Well, it's my sin. Okay, it's not actually my sin, obviously, but it's what I use to represent it, you know? Look, it's kind of handy to have so small. Just watch. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Did you see that? See what I did there? She didn't even see it. Brilliant, right? I can hide this little sin from whoever I want, whenever I want. No one even knows about it, so no harm done to anyone, right? <laughs> and it's comforting, too. But you guys know that comfort, don't you? You guys all have a sin that you hide as well, just like me. And I bet you're pretty good at hiding it. Let's just show these people how good you are at hiding it. I'm going to pick someone. And you're going to show me how good you are at hiding your sin, okay? I showed you. And I know you all have one. So this represents your sin now. And I'm going to turn around. And when I say go, hide your sin. And I'll count to three and let's see how well you hit it, okay? Ready, go. One, two, three. Oh, that was pretty good. I, I don't see it. That, that was pretty good, right? Good job. All right, thank you very much. Someone else now. Hmm. You guys are making it so hard to pick. You all have one. Hmm. All right, you, you, you. Okay, now this one's going to be quicker. It's two seconds. So when I say go, I'm going to turn around. It represents your sin, and you can hide it, okay? Ready? Go. One, two. Oh, my gosh. She's good. You've had some practice, haven't you? <laughs> all right, all right. I must admit, I picked on a couple people, but you all have one, don't you? I could have picked any of you. And I guarantee you could have hidden it with ease because you've been doing it your whole life, every single one of us. It's kind of nice to have around, isn't it? But, but don't get me wrong. <laughs> I can leave it whenever I want to. <laughs> I can always come back to it. So see, watch. I lay it down, all right? Good old reliable sin. I'm going to lay it down. I walked away from it. I can even walk over here. It's easy. I don't need it. But I'm going to go back and grab it real quick. Like, it was just a demonstration. <laughs> hey, that's mine. Give it back. It's okay. You can hold on to your precious little sin. It's actually coming quite in handy. What? Uh, 
What are you doing? That's mine. What? What are you? No, stop! That's not what it's used for. What are you doing? Stop! That's not. That's not what it's used for. What have I done? No one was supposed to be affected by it. No one was even supposed to know about it. It was supposed to be harmless and hidden. Now look what I've done. I'm so sorry, God. I didn't mean for that to happen. It wasn't supposed to go like that. I was supposed to keep it hidden. It wasn't supposed to hurt anyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just take it. If this is the cost of sin, I don't want it, God. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wow. So much truth in that skit that Grace wrote. Talent that's got that God's given her. She's operating in as she writes those. Think about that. I hope you were sitting there thinking about that. And understanding what was being portrayed there and understanding that we all struggle with things. And instead of hiding those things and keeping those things covered up, know that what Jesus did for you paid the penalty for all of it. That you don't have to walk around in sin. You don't have to hold on to whatever that thing is, that secret sin that you keep hiding from everybody, that you can lay it at his feet. It's already been paid for. What a sacrifice for us. This morning, I'm not, I'm not speaking, and I know some will be all right with that, but our, our, our kids, this is the way it should be. I modified Youth Sunday. I shouldn't have to preach because it's Youth Sunday. And we have five students, five, that are going to get up here and share for three to five minutes each what God's laid on their hearts. And again, it's tough to stand up here. I do it every week, and my stomach turns every time I get up here. I just try to hide it. <laughs> Talking about hiding things. But it, it's, it, you get nervous up here. But the step that they're taking, the boldness that they have, the courage that they have to, to get up here is a lot more than I had at their age. Probably a lot more that you, than you had at your age. And what we're trying to instill in them in modified youth is we don't have to be ashamed of who God is and who he is in our life. And we should take steps of courage and boldness, no matter what, to share what God's doing in our hearts, what God's doing in our lives, and let people know that he is good. So I'm proud of them today, and starting us off this morning will be Macy Tannehill. How's everyone doing this morning? Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on my first verse. It's Isaiah 7, 21. Now, if you were in Modified Youth Sunday School last week, you will have heard this. 
In the day, a farmer will be fortunate to have a cow, two sheep, or goats left. Right? Random verse that Sydney picked. Um, <laughs> but God laid it on my heart that this needed to be talked about. So we're here now. Okay. Isaiah 7, 21 and 22. In that day, a farmer will be fortunate to have a cow, sheep, or two, or two goats. Um, nevertheless, there will be enough milk for everyone because so few people will be left in the land. They will eat their fill of yogurt and honey. Okay, now, if there's only a cow, two sheep, or goats left, how will there be enough milk for everyone? Because God supplies everything. Okay, there's a man up here, so we're going to use an example. Okay, so say Rick and Aaron both wanted this man. Okay, there's only one man. There's two of them. How are we going to split it? How are we going to split it? Hang on, I'm going to set this down. Two minutes now. Okay, so Rick would get half and Aaron would get half, right? No. God makes two full mints, not just one split mint. God supplies you everything that you need, not just half of it. You just got to put in the effort to realize that he's put it there for you. Amen. Amen. God supplies all we need and then some. I need another man. Uh, <laughs> next up will be Mr. Tommy Bruns. Here's your men, Rick. <laughs> I grab like I grab like 20 mints out of the basket every day. Uh, great job, Macy. Great job, Grace. That was wonderful. Grace, did you write that? Yeah. That was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> Worship was great. I love Modified Youth Sunday. Every time we do it, I love it. Okay. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Not out of the way. Not nervous no more. Yeah, who has here here who here has issues with anger? I do. Anger. anger. Come on. Raise your hand. Okay. So everybody has issue with anger, and anger can lead us to sin, right? Control your temper, for anger anger labels you a fool. Ecclesiastes seven nine. That is my favorite verse in the Bible. Because I, growing up and now, still have anger issues. They're a lot better than they used to be. But it, it tells us that we should control our anger. But sometimes it, it feels like it controls us. It can get out of hand. We can't really help it. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For it gives a foothold for the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. It gives a foothold for the devil. It gives a, the devil a place to stand in your life because he will find something that makes you weak and he will use it against you. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. 
You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. The Bible tells us so many examples of how bad anger is. But does it give us any advice on how to control it? It does, later in that same verse that I just read. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your life. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. James 1, 19 through 22. Anger is like a disease. You, you can try and push it down, and you can try and control it. But the more that you bottle it up, the worse it gets, the more pressure that builds, and one day it'll just explode out of you. And it's just terrible and rotten. But if you get rid of the filth in your life, if you get rid of the things that make you angry, cell phones, social media. Uh, I haven't been on social media in a few days other than on Snapchat to message friends because I don't really have like their phone numbers. But I haven't been on any social media other than that for probably two weeks. And it, it's, it's really helped me. If, if you get rid of the things that lead you towards sin, the temptations that lead you towards anger, it will help. Amen, amen. Hitting you hard this morning. Next up, uh, as a young lady who, I, you know, I speak about being nervous and the courage and boldness it takes. She just shared a couple weeks ago in Centralia at Fields of Faith and what that is. I think, I believe it's a, like a church service after a football game. And she got up there in front of a lot of people and shared her testimony. And she's going to share from her heart this morning. And she's one of our new ones. Well, I say new. They've been here a while now. But our Centralia crew, we've got a group of probably 10 to 15 that are coming over from Centralia on Sundays and Wednesdays to be with us. Lori Camp is hauling them over here, and Drew's hauling them over here. So we're glad to have them with us, and they're a great group of kids, and Miss Tegan Holmes is going to share this morning. Hello, I'm, I'm Tegan, and I was just going to tell like my story. I met my best friends, uh, Sophie Barrow, Elena Camp, and Clara Vaughn on the very last day of my freshman year. And I would go to their house ever so often, spend a week with Elena, all week. <laughs> um, and they'd try to tell me, they're like, let's go to church camp. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm nervous. I don't know anybody there. And like months, kept on doing it and always push it off. And then Lori, she, we sat down one day, because I just wasn't feeling like talking to everybody, and she was like, you know, church camp is really fun, like, my kids have had great times there, and they've got fun activities, and I was like, mm, maybe, and then I finally decided to go, and was very nervous to meet everybody, um, but I ended up going, and that changed my life for forever. I remember it was July 26th, the day before my birthday, the church service lasted an hour longer than it was supposed to, and I was just praying to God, and I just wanted to let everything go. I, when I asked my mom, how do you become saved? Like, I want to be saved, and I thought I was, but I, I really gave my life to God that day, and just, 
I'm just so thankful for my friends. God really put them into my life, and I love them so much, and I couldn't be here. How are you guys? I love you so much. I got, I got baptized September 12, 2021, and I feel so great to be here. Yes, yes, yes. That's the power of God changing. And uh, she didn't kind of, when she got saved that night at camp, it was really powerful. Um, and, and nobody prayed with her. It was between her and God. And she was sitting, it was a little bit different. She was sitting right about here or standing here worshiping. And like she said, camp services, we just go till we go. <laughs> so whatever that is, I think three years ago, we went till midnight one night, but we were just soaking in the presence of the Lord. But she was sitting there worshiping, and I just remember seeing her, whew, she just fell to her knees crying, and she said, it was at that moment that I surrendered my whole life to Jesus. And, I, and I'll remember that for the rest of my life, because this the joy and the glow about her face when she was worshiping, and she just let it all go to God. It was awesome. It was powerful. So, I'm proud of you, Tegan. I know it took a lot to get up here. This is a new addition to the lineup this morning. We talked the other night, so um, I just threw a little invitation out to him because I, I feel like this young man has got a lot of potential and things inside of him that God's wanting to birth out of him and let loose. So I've always, I'm always i challenging all of our older ones to, to be leaders, to step up and do great things for God, and he's one of them that's going to get up here, Mr. Drew Camp. That last one was pretty hard to follow up, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, disclaimer, I wrote this when I was like 14, so if the words aren't the best, I apologize. Um, my message is about why bad things happen to good people. So, I fully believe that everything has a purpose and that there's no such thing as chance. Everything that happens, happens for a reason. One of the main questions non-believers or atheists each ask is if God is real, why does he let bad things happen to good people? I never really knew how to answer this question recently. When I was helping a friend with something. As a Christian, my life has never been perfect. I've had several things happen in my life that I've questioned God about. I used to ask and I would pray why God would let awful things happen to me. If you don't know me or don't know much about my life, I've been diagnosed with depression and had several suicidal thoughts in the past. I used to ask God to take these things from me because all my friends seemed to have perfect lives. What I didn't understand is why God would let these thoughts come to anyone, especially someone who's trying their hardest to follow him. Then on May 1st, 2019, I was texting a friend who constantly tries to escape her problems by getting high or drinking. She, texted, she told me that she does these things to numb the pain, and I told her that these solutions are temporary and that the problems will always come back. That is not a good way to cope. Then she asked me something that I definitely wasn't expecting. She asked me how I cope with my problems. I told her that I often try to help other people and that I knew that even though she wasn't religious, I told her that I go to God with my problems whenever I'm struggling. She then started asking me questions about Christianity, and we got to talking into some deep conversations. She then said, how do I even start a conversation about suicidal thoughts? And without even thinking, I'd already written her several paragraphs about suicide and how it was never worth it. That's when I realized the, the answer to the hardest questions asked to Christians. I believe that God gives us trouble so that when we deal with them and proceed to help others who might be going through the same exact thing. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. 
He, comf he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. Bad things happen to good people so that we can understand and help the people who might not know or understand God and faith. So the next time you're going through a struggle, no matter who it might be, turn your negative experience to an opportunity to help prevent someone who's going through the same exact thing. Uh, one more thing. Um, if you're going through something and that impacted you, you felt something out of that, don't hesitate to ask Rick. You can contact him after church, social media, anything like that. And anybody in Modified Youth, if you have anything you want to talk about, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. Amen. Uh, I'm going to stress to you, church, that you don't understand, you don't understand the depth of some of the things that these kids deal with. And please, 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 I'm going to hit on this in just a little bit for a couple minutes. Please, please, please invest in the young people. And I'm, I'm not talking about just financially into the church. I'm talking about taking some time to get to know these guys. And for whatever reason, there's always been these walls between a youth group and a church. Like, they're scary to talk to, and they're scared to talk to you, but we're all in this together. You guys have so much wisdom that you can pour into them that needs to be poured into them. They're not, are they scary? Yes. Are you scary? Yes. <laughs> but we're, again, we're all together in this. So the wisdom and knowledge and things that you guys have been through, stop and talk to one of them. I guarantee you they will talk with you. They will be respectful to you. Just knock those walls down and start sharing with each other because there's things that they can give to you and there's things that you can give to them, and it would be awesome to build those relationships. Our final speaker for this morning uh, is fairly new to our youth group. She spoke at Wayne City's uh, See You at the Pole, and I was able to be there and hear that. But Michaela Reynolds Easley is going to come up and finish up for us for the students this morning. I'd say, I'd say you've been here, what, four or five weeks with us now, six weeks? on Wednesday nights, and she gave us a big old shout-out the other day on Facebook about how much she loves what's going on in Modified Youth and the friends that she's made and what God's doing in her life. So here you go, Michaela. Thank you. All right. Hello, everyone. I think what I have to talk about today just really wraps up why, why all of us are here. You know the, the, the love that God has for us, that he provides for us all the time, the love that he has for us, that when we get angry and we fall into temptation, he's saying that, you know, he's, he's saying to you, I'm ready to take it. You don't have to handle this anger and this temptation on your own, this love that God shows us through our friends and to us, like what Tegan said, and just the love that God has for us, that he doesn't let us go through our struggles alone. It's so important and it's so life-changing. Today I want to start in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 8, and it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that such a powerful verse? Doesn't that just move something inside of you? Because that's the reason I'm here. Because I fully understood one day I realized I am a sinner and I fail God daily, but God still loved me. He didn't look down to me and say, well, why, why are you here kneeling at my altar? You haven't wanted me until now, until you know that I could do something for you. But the thing is, God always wants us and he always loves us. 
And as it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was up on that cross, and he knew what we were going to do wrong, and he still did it because he loved us. This is such a powerful message. And it is so amazing, and it is something our world needs. We need to, and I'm so proud of our youth group for getting up and speaking and for just having this strong faith in God and believing that his love is real because it is. And if we, as a church, will go out and we will just tell this love to other people, I don't think you understand how much, just how much good it can do. And I know there may be some that will think that I'm silly because I'm up here, I'm a young girl, and I'm saying, you know, if we just love, the world will change but the thing is, that already happened. Jesus died on the cross for us and the world changed. We all realized that we can be saved. We all started following him. And then we grabbed our friends and we took them to church with us. And then they were saved. And then they brought this message of love and just grace and mercy. And isn't that amazing? It is. And here I have a verse from 1 John 4.16. It says, And so we know and rely on the love of God that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. The beautiful thing is that God built this whole wide world and he still chooses to live right in here. He still chooses to walk with us every day. It is his love that wakes us up because he has a purpose for us. It is this love that we feel every day. And so I believe that since we have God in us, we can go and we can show that love to others. And it's something that this world needs. We need to go and we need to show love to others. God calls us by name. He does not call us by the name of our sin. Isn't that amazing? He calls us by our name. He's not like people. People will look at others and say, well, he's an alcoholic. I really don't know if I want to bring him to church. Or she has been a drug addict. I really don't know if... If I should bring her around my church family or, oh, they've gotten around or, oh, they don't look the way I want them to. Maybe, maybe I just shouldn't be friends with them. Maybe I should just stay away from them. But the thing is, did you see Jesus throwing down the cross and saying, you know what? You have beaten me. You have betrayed me. And even as of now, some of you still do not believe in me. I don't think I can do this because not all of you agree with me. You, you have gone and you have just talked bad about me and about my father. Jesus didn't do that. So why do we? We have this amazing love, church. This life-changing, world-changing love. And I just want you to know that you can do great things as you share it. Because Jesus, Jesus did that with us. And look what happened. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's all I have. Amen. Yeah. I think she threw out a challenge there. What are you doing with this amazing love that God's given us? What are you doing with it? Are we being selfish with it or are we sharing it with people? And letting them know that this love, this joy, this smile on my face, you can have it too. And this world that's so messed up and crazy, can, they can find hope and peace and rest in who Jesus is. 
We don't have to walk around fighting with each other and bickering over things and, and wondering, oh no, how much more worse can it get? Because we know the joy that awaits us on the other side of this. And we need other people to know that too. And, and them getting up here and sharing again is so bold, is so courageous. But I take it a step further for you guys to do that in your schools. And I know some of you are. And for you adults, let me challenge you for a minute. You are their example. As I watched from here, and I tell you, this is the, probably the worst place for me to sit as a pastor, <laughs> is in that drum cage, because I watch as I'm drumming to see the love of Jesus in you, coming out of you, and your gratefulness and your thankfulness to him during worship. And you are their example. Whether you think so or not, they look at you. They want to see if you're living out what you claim to have. They're watching. And I don't want to be someone that discourages them by my lack of passion and love and fire for Christ. Even on the days I don't feel like it. You know, when I go back and speak with them, it's been almost five years now. Every time I go back there, there are days where I don't feel like it. There are days when life's been rough. But you know what? They deserve the best that God's put in me every time I see them. And God deserves the best that he's put in us every time we walk into this church house, every time we go out every single day of our lives. He deserves the very best that you can give him. And sometimes you got to push past some things and you got to get past some junk in your life and remember what he's done for you and rise up out of it and say, I'm more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror because of Christ living in me. But they're watching you guys and be a good, be a good example to them. Let them know how much you care about them, how much you love them, how much you want them to, to build relationship with you and talk with you about things because they want to talk. They do, but there has to be relationship there. There has to be a trust there that I can talk to you. I can, I can share with you about what I'm dealing with. So I challenge you guys as adults, as a youth group, to get outside. I mean, there is no reason in the world, I say this, I've said this often, there's no reason in the world for there to be an empty seat in this church. There's not. And, and, and not that God can't act supernaturally and, and place people in here, but some of us are waiting on that without doing our part. Oh, God, please just let them show up in here. Well, I need you to go and help me. Uh, anything but that, Lord. Just make them show up. And he's looking for willing people that he can pour into that will take his gospel and share it. You know, I was going to do something. I'm not going to do it, but if you are... If you are 40 years old and under, stand up. 40 and under. Some of you don't lie. All right. Stay up, stay up, stay up. This is everybody that you would consider youth, young adults kind of. All right. I'm not in there anymore, but I'm just up here right now. Okay. Now, I was going to have, this was my plan. I was going to have all of these people go out in the hallway and leave the sanctuary. Now look around. Look how many people are standing. Okay? 
if I had all of these people leave the sanctuary and stand out there, and then I, and I challenged everybody else that was in here, what are we doing to reach the young people? What are we doing to reach the young families in our communities? What are we doing? Because if they're not here, this church will die. If I had all these guys leave and you look around and said, oh, we're not, we're not reaching the young, we're not reaching the young people, we're not reaching the youth, we're not reaching the young adults, what are we doing? Within however long it takes, this church would be gone and close the doors. It happens all the time. So we have to sacrifice some things as older people and make sure that when we come in here, it's not about me. It's about reaching the lost. It, how many of you love Orchardville Church? That's about every hand in here. If you love this church, you will do whatever it takes to keep this church going. Right? If that means that I don't get the certain music that I want to listen to played, so be it. We're trying to reach the next generation. So this church can continue doing things for the Lord. So whatever it is that I need to sacrifice and say, well, I don't like that guitar or I don't like those drums and these kids, they wear rips in their jeans. Stop. It's not about you. We are trying to reach the lost. We are trying to see Orchardville Church move forward 60 years from now, 100 years from now. If the Lord doesn't come back, we need Orchardville Church to be a beacon of light in our communities. You guys can be seated. Thank you. So what I'm saying is there's some things that you may have to sacrifice. There's some, there's some courage that needs to rise up in a lot of us to do something outside of the church building. We are the church as we walk around. What are we doing with it? Are we investing in the young people, in the young families? I mean, there's some families that are messed up, that are hurting, that are going through things that they don't know the hope that we have. And, and, and we don't share because we're scared. What if they say, no, and I'm talking to adults. I'm talking to me. How are they going to have the courage if they don't see it in us? And I know this is tough, but it needs to be said. You know, they, they hit on it. The Modified Youth Sunday is huge because what they have in them, we need to a good word for around here would be fertilize. <laughs> we need to help them grow. So, you know, some people don't like Modified Youth Sunday. I know, hard to believe. Oh, it's, it's going to be the kids. And some people take this Sunday off because the youth are running our service. Isn't that sad? To me, the boldness and the courage... And maybe they don't do things just like you like them to, but I'd much rather them be trying out for the Lord to do what God's called them to do and share things and sing and do all this stuff than to be somewhere else. I love these guys. I know you guys do too. But push back against the uncomfortableness that there is sometimes. Talk to them. Uh, they're great kids. Are they a little wild? Yeah. That's part of it. But again, I'm so thankful that they're here. That they're here. They show up on Sundays. They show up on Wednesdays because they love Jesus. 
All right, I'll shut up. Stand with me this morning. There was a time, and you guys know this, the ones that have stuck through the thick and thin of Orchardville Church lately, that that youth group was the light that kept some people going. And we made up our mind one day that we were going to be that light. No matter what was going on, we were going to make it about Jesus. And I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thankful for all of them. All of them in our youth group, you may not have seen some up on the stage, but every single one of them have a special place in our hearts about who they are in Jesus and what we're trying to do and instill in them as a youth group um, with boldness and courage. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Um, I want every one of my youth group kids to line the front of the stage, right down there. I'm going to close out with something a little different. And we're still going to have, you know what? We're still going to have prayer time. We're still going to have, if you need healing, you need salvation. We're still going to have all that. Is that okay? Yeah. Orchardville Church, we've always done things a little different. And that's what's made Orchardville Church what they are. So I'm going to do things a little different to close out. If you're a youth, if you're a teen, get up here. Whether you attend or not, you're part of us. Look at this. This is the next generation. This, this is right now who we are raising up to be the, not, the next world changers. To do, to do big things for God that we can't even imagine in our minds right now. This right here. And what we're going to do here as we close out this morning, if you guys will start that worship video for me, is this song, it just says, Spirit, lead me. And what we're going to pray over these guys, and I'm going to have people from the crowd, I want you to come and find one of these kids. They're not going to be hard to find. They're right here in the front. So I want you to match up with one of them, and I want you to just pour into them. I want you to pray over them. I want you to pray blessing over them. If they want to share about anything they're struggling with, I want you to pray over that for them. And I just want you to invest spiritually in these young people this morning. Is that okay? It takes a little guts to step out of your seat and go find one of these scary kids to pray with. But it'll mean so much to me. It'll mean so much to these kids if you will find one and just start praying over them. Ask them what their name is. Tell them what your name is. Build relationships. Okay? Adults move, please. Find somebody. If you want to get in behind somebody and pray with somebody else with them, you're free to do that. Let's turn this music up. Let's worship and have some time of prayer this morning. If